sure everybody has seen that recently Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II has passed away, and so as we, we pray for her and for her family and the whole, the whole, all the English people mourning her loss, made me think of another, uh, another emperor, another kind of a monarch who passed away. And this is back in 2011, Otto von Habsburg, who was the heir to the Austrian throne, passed away. And his funeral was like just absolutely spectacular. It's the way the, the Habsburgs were, have always been buried. But they said this is the last time they're going to bury the, the heir to the Habsburg throne in this way. And one of the aspects of it is that the, the Habsburg family is all buried in the kind of the crypt of a Franciscan chapel right in the middle of Vienna. And so this happened in 2011. You can watch it on YouTube. It's fascinating. So the friars all gather inside the, the, uh, the chapel there with a, with a lit candle. And on the outside, there's a grand chamberlain who leads the procession of Otto von Habsburg's body into this town square in Vienna, and he bangs on the door. And the friar on the inside says, who is it? And he says, it is Otto von Habsburg, the Emperor of Austria, the Apostolic King of Hungary, King of Bohemia, Dalmatia, Croatia, Slavonia, Galatia, Archduke of Austria, Grand Duke of Tuscany, he goes on and on with all the titles that Otto von Habsburg says, or that he has. And upon hearing all of this, the friar on the inside responds, I don't know you. So he knocks on the door again. Remember, this is all part of the funeral. It says, who is it? Says, it is Otto von Habsburg, his majesty, the emperor and king, and goes again with all of these different titles that Otto von Habsburg's earned over his, his long years, and just a, a, really a spectacular man. But again, the porter, the, the friar on the inside responds, I don't know you. And so a third time, they knock on the door, say, who is it? And this time he says, it is Otto, a mortal in a sinner. And the friar on the inside says, come in. And what a beautiful recognition that at the end of our lives, whether we're the emperor, whether we're the queen of England, whether we're a priest, and no matter who we are, the answer to that question as to who is it that desires entrance into heaven is the same. A mortal and a sinner. And we get that kind of that example in the gospel today about the entrance into heaven, the entrance into the afterlife with these two people in the gospel as our Lord presents this, this maybe rather familiar parable of Lazarus and the rich man. And we get Lazarus kind of placed before us as a great example, as the one, the one to follow. But there's some things we notice about Lazarus. The first thing is Jesus tells a lot of parables. Two weeks ago when I was here, we had the parable of the prodigal son. We know the parable of the sower who goes out to sow. All of these different people, the, the woman who loses a coin. There's only one parable in which somebody gets a name from Jesus. There's only one story Jesus tells that somebody gets a name. And it's this one. The poor man Lazarus actually has a name. He's not just a poor man or just like his counterpart, the rich man. But he has a name. And that's really fascinating that this man is important enough to have a name, that his name is known by the Lord. But he knows his poverty, and he really doesn't do anything. 
All that we know that he does in this gospel is he just kind of lays by the door all the time. And you think this rich man would have walked over him. He would have walked by him. And even as they get to heaven, or Lazarus gets to heaven and the rich man is in this place of torment in hell, the rich man starts to boss him around. He says, well, tell, tell Lazarus to dip his finger in the water, come here and cool my tongue. And then when that's not possible, he says, well, send Lazarus out to my family so he can warn him. But all of this, Lazarus doesn't say anything. He doesn't rebuttal. He doesn't have a rebuttal. He doesn't, he doesn't go and do it. He doesn't, he's just there. He's a man of silence. He's a man of really listening, a man who's waited his whole life for eternity. Not one that's running from place to place, not one that's kind of a bunch of frenetic activity, but a, a man of quiet, a man of poverty, really. And so he's placed up as the example of the one to follow. And across the chasm, we get this other man, this, this rich man, who's very, very different. Maybe one other interesting thing. Oftentimes I know when I think of heaven and hell, I think heaven is like way up here and hell's in some very far off place. But that's different from how the gospel presents it today, this image Jesus gives. There's a chasm between them. You know, maybe even think like the Grand Canyon between them. They can actually see each other. And the people in heaven and hell in this parable, right? It's a story that Jesus tells. They can actually talk to each other, right? You can yell from one side to the other, from he between heaven and hell. So it's not terribly different, distant. But we look at this rich man who's in this place of torment. And look at his issues. He dines sumptuously each day. So he eats well every single day. And then he dresses in purple garments. He dresses in fine things. He's worried about what he wears. He's worried about his appearance, about how he presents himself to others. But look what he doesn't do. He doesn't murder anybody. He doesn't steal. He probably even goes to the synagogue every Sabbath day. He doesn't do anything really egregious. He doesn't do anything terrible. He doesn't, he doesn't um, commit one of the sins of the Ten Commandments. He might even be considered a good guy. He might be considered somebody who's a, an important person in the community, right? Puts on a lot of parties, invites a lot of people over. He's, a, he's an influential person in the community. But it seems to be what he failed to do that's really the issue. He walks by Lazarus all the time. Doesn't even care for him. Lazarus sits by his door, one way in, one way out. He's got to walk by him all the time. And we even hear this in the, in the, the I confess at the, start of, at the start of Mass. We ask for pardon for what we've done and for what we've failed to do, realizing that in some way all of us imitate this rich man, that there's probably somebody in our life that we've walked past, whether it's a parishioner, whether it's a family member, whether it's somebody we work with, that we've just kind of passed by because, well, they've... They can figure it out themselves or whatever it may be. And so Jesus gives us this parable and really all parables as a mirror that we can look in, the, look in this parable and see ourselves and to see, well, what is it that each of us personally ought to learn from this? Maybe it is that we, we eat well all the time or maybe we're more concerned about what we wear and our appearance like this rich man is. Or maybe it is the example of Lazarus, to be silent with the Lord, to be quiet, and to let the Lord be the person of activity. 
Or maybe it's that we've been walking by somebody, that there's somebody that we, we know the Lord has put on our heart that we need to stop, that we need to talk to, that we need to see how they're doing. Because at the end of all of our days, we'll have this kind of place that we go, just like these two people in the gospel, just like Otto von Habsburg, will knock on the door of eternity, and the Lord will ask, who is it? And how do we respond? Do we give him all the things that we've done, all of the titles that we might have accrued, all of the accomplishments that we've done in our life? <coughs> or do we, like Lazarus, recognize our own poverty, recognize our littleness before the Lord, and we simply say, well, it's me, a, portal, a poor mortal and a sinner. <coughs>